Hello and welcome back to Reeling of the Peers. My name is Gary O'Brien and this is where I get some of my very good friends on to chat and discuss about all kinds of movies. And joining me today for the first time, it's Alice Gillen and she's here to talk about 1979 sci-fi horror film, Alien. So stick around, we hope you enjoy. Alice Gillen, or should I say Dr. Alice Gillen, the first doctor on the podcast. How are you? Exactly, I tell you. Very privileged. I hope you've I hope you've discussed the extra charge for the title with my agent prior to me coming on. It was it, I do think it's weird because you're not a medical doctor. Uh, it's not. one from a, a I'm a yeah, useless doctor. But you're dressed in full doctor gowns and everything, like you're in scrubs, yeah. and I find it very yeah. odd right now. Is that a COVID-related thing it's or just COVID for the crack? It's just my new style, you know? I've decided that now that I have my diploma, I actually just walk around all day with my diploma in my hand so that people can see. But no, I'm not a useful doctor. I'm not like a doctor that could make any sort of difference in COVID. Unless you're very, very small, then I could probably help you. Because you work with like nanotubes or something yeah, like that, just to give exactly. just to give an ounce of context to anyone who doesn't <laughs> exactly. know you. Else. So yeah, yeah. If you're a very small um, person, I can help you. You can come over. You're also you're also our second because uh, you're an international guest. You're you're all the way over in the states. You're in California, yeah. man. Sunny California. Instead of sitting out in the blue skies right now, I'm talking to you. At what what time is there? Like half nine in the morning. <laughs> It is. It is half nine in the morning. So by scrubs, what you really mean is pajamas. Pajamas, yes. <laughs> but yes, so I am in beautiful California, lockdown, but yeah. hopefully not for much longer. So yeah, you've gotten up at the early hours of the morning to talk about this this movie, Alien. Why, why, why have you picked this one? What's your attachment to it? I mean, Gary, I think after watching Alien, you can completely understand I picked it because it is the greatest sci-fi horror movie that has ever been made. Despite the fact that it's super old now, which I think is still crazy, because when I was watching it, I was like, this doesn't even look like super old. Compared to like similar movies that came out back then, like yeah, absolutely. Star Wars. I don't even know when Star Wars came out, but when I watched those original three movies, I'm like, these are the oldest movies in the world. Whereas when I was watching Alien again, I was like, oh my God, I still love this movie. Yeah, well, I think I think Star Wars came out. Um, yeah, I think Star Wars came out in nineteen seventy seven or seventy five, and this came out in seventy nine. So it was only a couple of years after Star Wars. So good, it's so good, especially the alien. Like he is a badass dude. <laughs> he is so badass. <laughs> okay, well, what we'll do then is, I suppose, just to give people that may not have seen the movie, are uh, if you could do, if you were so to be so kind and try and you know sum up the plot for us there. Okay, to be fair, it isn't the most complicated plot. It's, it's almost like a slasher movie in space. Yeah. That's the kind of plot. So essentially you have this group of people that are like miners, space miners, and they're on their way back from a mission and they get woken up early by the ship mother um, because she's intercepted a message that they think is an SOS. So they go down to this, this planet and they check it out. Three people go in. One idiot decides to touch all the weird stuff that he has no idea what it is and gets attacked by a face hugger um, that goes pretty horrifically through his helmet. Yeah. Like, I forgot that scene, but that was vivid. Because when you um, see that, it's like it's like it's melted the glass on it. You're yeah. like, Jesus. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, so he gets attacked and they bring him back to the ship and... One of the people on the ship, Ripley, who becomes kind of a main character from Sigourney this point Weaver. onwards, 
Sigourney Weaver, yes. Um, she's like, we're not letting you on because I'm a scientist and I'm going to obey quarantine, which I think we're all pretty familiar oh, with yeah. now. If you don't do that, if you don't obey quarantine, things get worse. You're going to be chased but, by a large, slimy exactly. alien. If you step outside your five kilometer radius, you will be attacked. God, COVID, COVID, COVID guidelines would be so much more easier followed if there was the threat of a xenomorph to come after you. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking when I was watching this. I was like, oh, we should have all listened, all listened to Ripley during COVID one and we wouldn't be on COVID three. Um, but yeah, so some idiot decides to let them in and they're like looking after this guy. And essentially from that point onwards, they have let the alien into the ship and he incubates, explodes, grows super quickly, and then proceeds to kill them for the rest of the movie as they try and find a way to destroy the indestructible monster. That's, I think, pretty... Yeah, that's, that, 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 that gets the job done. And, yeah. like, look, I, like, as Alice has probably um, hinted at, uh, it's a very good movie. And definitely what I would, uh, on the Scanlon scale, it's a definitely you should watch this movie. Oh yeah, definitely. And I would say, like, look, go off, watch it, come back. But uh, if you have seen it, uh, we're going to be talking all spoilers. And if you haven't seen it, we're going to be talking all spoilers. So you don't want to ruin for yourself. Yeah, go watch it. I mean, honestly, you can watch it even when you know what happens because it's that good. Yeah, and like, I think what I find about this movie, and it's weird because I uh, this is the second time I've seen it, and I thought I kind of I kind of do this thing with like old movies, like. I don't know, like E.T. And, and like Jaws and that like, oh, I know vaguely what happens and kind of like, yeah, I couldn't be arsed watching it because I know like, like yeah, the whole thing. Whereas I feel like this one, there is just so much more to it that you just really enjoy looking at the movie as well. Mm-hmm. Like just, it's such a beautiful movie in terms of the set design and the scope of a lot of the stuff. You ready for my fun fact? I was setting you up for <laughs> fun facts. I know you are. Um, yes. So this is honestly one of the reasons that I love this movie the most is the alien itself, which fun fact, here you go, was played by a six foot 10 Nigerian student that never auditioned, was just like seen in a pub in London and was like, you can be the alien. Fuck, you're tall. Get in the suit. Come on. You're going to be <laughs> yeah, big exactly. in Hollywood. It's like, whoa, you look like you're an alien type level height. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he played the alien, which was designed by my main man, H.R. Geiger. Oh, H.R. Geiger. Yes. Oh, yes. I know him well. Yeah. Who's he? So he, have you, did I not bring you there when you came I to do, visit me in I do. I'm, I'm playing the part of the listener and that I'm asking No, but questions. did I bring you there? Um, no, you were talking about it. You oh never did. man. I'll bring all my favorite people there. So I think okay. that says a lot. It's fine. Um, it's, okay. it's in Gruyere, which is a cheese. No. But also a place in Switzerland. H.R. Geiger was from there, so there's a museum where you can go and see all the aliens and all his artwork, which is very alien-esque. Also strongly influenced by various sex genres and Nazis. So ah. that gives you a summary of H.R. Geiger as a guy. He's a very messed up human. But there is a bar across the road from the H.R. Geiger Museum, which is also designed by him. Um, So you have the wall of baby skulls. You can sit in the alien chairs. It's it's a pretty cool place. Um, But yeah, he is Swiss and like kind of was semi disowned by Swiss people for being weird because of when when anybody who has not watched the movie watches it and they see the alien alien, I think you would agree. He has a very imaginative um, brain. Because that was a crazy thing to come up with. Yeah, it's 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 weird because 
when you look at it, it is and it isn't, I find, because it's shot very well, as in they use very good shots to kind of show it as this big, um, like, you know, scary presence a lot. But then there's a few other shots where it's just clearly a, you know, six foot ten Nigerian student in a suit, I find. <laughs> like, it's just this bit where I'm like, oh, that's just the dude. And, like, this one bit, I, I actually laughed instead of being scared. It's when... Was this the end? No, but kind of. Oh. It, it was, it was because I have written down here, the alien loves jazz hands, which is that whenever he attacks, <laughs> he always kind of has his hands out, like jazz hands. Like, like I don't know, I'm just thinking Nathan Lane from the producers. And it's the bit when Dallas is in, we're, we're walking everyone through the characters in a bit, but Dallas is the captain of the Nostromo. And, you know, it's actually kind of interesting. Ooh, okay, I'll briefly talk about it here. In that it's like kind of interesting because he's actually billed ahead of Sigourney Weaver. And you kind of think it's all going to be about him and it's his because he's the captain. And it's weird because as the movie kind of goes on, on, you realize that oh actually Sigourney Weaver is the one who's actually you know talking sense and like doing mm-hmm. the right things and then you start to realize because it's weird I, I, like obviously now you know that she's the star of the alien franchise but I think going it into this you knew nothing it yeah. was it, like from the start it's definitely not obvious at all no uh, you definitely think it's going to be Dallas that survives yeah absolutely um and but yeah so there's a scene where he's going through the vents of the flamethrower and then he turns around and and, and the xenomorph is there and he's just doing jazz hands and i just burst out laughing it's just so funny but but yeah so i think there is some there's some re- but i think as the franchises go on they definitely improve the uh, upon the original design because like the movie itself i think the budget was only something like eight million dollars so like they didn't really have a lot of money to you oh, know build ex- it was 11 billion oh 11 million Million. Oh, okay. With an M. Yeah, so, like, they obviously, they, they obviously fairly limited in what they could, you know, achieve with prosthetics mm. and, like, costume design and stuff. But I think as it goes on, they definitely make them scarier and, like, improve the design. The worst. Okay, so, face hugger, we can come back to in a second, because that is, like, art-wise oh, art Are you talking about the penis rat? <laughs> the penis rat that strangles you while it, like... Shove something oh no, sorry. Back. I'm talking about I'm talking about the alien when he comes out of John. <laughs> that's Hurt. that's the one I wanted to talk the, about. Yeah, the penis rush. Face hugger, amazing. Alien, fantastic. Then you have the intermittent baby alien fetus. Yeah, that is the worst like animatronics I've ever seen in my life. When it like darts across, oh my god, it's so funny. It is a penis rat. That's a very accurate description. You know, like on a greyhound course, and they have like a like a hair, the like rabbit, a fake hair, you know, <laughs> fake rabbit. I feel like that's what they did with this alien. They just got some of that, repurposed that technology, and had it just whiz across the table. I'm pretty sure too. But that I think brings us to one of probably the best scenes in the okay. movie. Well, what we'll do, but is, also we have what. to give background first. Yeah, so let's 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 walk through uh, some of the characters as well, just to, just so to kind of let people know who's who. So so I mentioned yes. kind of Dallas. He's the captain, and he's played by this guy called Tom Skerritt. I don't really know what else he. I don't think he's. Been he was much. super famous at the time. What? But I don't know. Yeah, no. I have no idea what he was actually in. No, he was. He was the main guy. No, but he was like the the big star in the Alien yeah. movie. He was in Top Gun. That's another one. That's another example of a movie I've never seen because I'm like, oh, I get it. It's shirtless volleyball jets, uh, danger zone. I get it. I'm not gonna, you know, that's mm. I'm very bad for it. I've actually like also that. never watched it, which is probably why I don't know who he is. I'd wait until we get all this hate mail now of people being like, oh my god, I yeah. can't believe you've never seen Top Gun. God, they'll be like, we demand that you watch Top Gun. We'll make Top it. Gun the next episode. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so then we've got Scormy Weaver, who we mentioned. She plays Ripley. She's like the warrant officer on the uh, uh, on the Nostromo, which is the name of the spaceship they're in. And mm-hmm. you know, she's the one who kind of talks sense 
I would say through a lot of the movie she's very level headed she kind of knows to kind of treat everything with a bit of caution when everyone else doesn't seem to be um, I have some mm-hmm. other people here that aren't don't really like you know they have kind of roles in it their characters aren't really well defined you've got Veronica Cartwright who plays um, Lambert she's the navigator of the Nostromo she's the hysteria that's what she is she just she brings she the hysteria to the yeah, party there's a lot of screaming from her uh, especially in the in, in that um, scene that we're going to get back to later on and I suppose we might as well mention one of the uh, key players in that scene uh, John Hurt who uh, plays Kane I he just always seems old to me I don't know, like, I just always think he's, like... not aged since 79? I just feel like he's always, like, mid, like, mid-50s. I feel like he's always old. Like, even in this, like, it's weird. You see him in this, and then you see him in, like, I don't know, he's in 1984, and he looks old in that. Then he's also in, like, he's Ollivander in, like, Harry Potter. And it's just, like, he's just always old in my eyes. I don't know. he is. I didn't even realise that. That was a good fun fact, Gary. Yeah, thank you. Oh, that's just that's just off the that's off the top of the dome. I didn't. That's not even in front of me. Uh, he play, so basically he plays the uh, executive officer on the Nostromo as well. You've also got um, a guy called Harry Dean Stanton who plays Brett. He's one of the engineering technicians. And um, the other technician is a guy by the name of Yafit Koto who plays P- Parker. And just mm-hmm. to connect it very quickly to why I freaked out during this is because I realised he plays a James Bond villain uh, in one of the Roger Moore ones and I freaked out. I was like, no, no way. way. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's um, Kananga in Living at Die. And I was, because he oh. has a, he has a completely different accent. I was like, why does he look so familiar? And I looked him up. And um, then you've also got finally Ian Holm as Ash. Uh, he was get, class. He was he is very the, good. He's the ship's we'll science officer. We'll get back to him as well. And then finally, I don't have any more names because I ran out of them, but that's it. Oh, well, I have the, the alien is played yeah. by Bolaji Bunde, uh, Badijo. Uh, he's the Nigerian. He's a 26 year old. You definitely butchered that name. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if anyone who's friends with him uh, wants to tell me his correct <laughs> pronunciation, let me know. But he was the 26 year old design student uh, who was discovered in a bar by the member of the casting team who put him in touch with Ridley to play the role. Um, mm-hmm. So, th- so those those are kind of the, the characters, just in case we're referring to any of them when we keep sw- switching the names, which mm-hmm. I notice. I and do then all there's the time. mother. Then there's mother who's mother. voiced by Helen Horton and I don't know who the fuck she is. Yeah. She's, sorry, she's sorry Helen ship. Horton stands. She's the ship woman who's in charge. I think just on that, because these are like minor, more minor characters, so we probably won't mention them again, but Parker and Brett had such good banter. They were the most realistic, like, I don't know if any of you have ever worked with like a group of kind of technicians in a lab that have worked together for so long that they like know each other so well but those two like really captured that of like just like banter without words yeah and like it's because they're like they're the technicians on the ship so they're all in stasis as the movie opens and they're all getting up and like all all the other ones are signed not the scientists they're all like they're like truckers nearly they're like transporting cargo but you literally have two guys there to make sure the ship still runs and they're like they're like they just they're so off on their own thing they just couldn't give a fuck about everyone else they're just like ah oh, fuck you we'll just fix the ship so shut the fuck up and don't ask us to do too much I, I, I shut the fuck up and pay us more <laughs> yeah there's a whole thing about shares in this movie I just was like oh, I don't really under okay fine yeah you get, you get paid shares whatever but I guess yeah so where that, I, a bit I want to talk about actually just because I think it's it's the bit where I kind of realised this movie was so much like it doesn't like you say it doesn't really age the ship the set design of the ship is fantastic it honestly looks like something like it looks like a movie like a set that you would build today it looks a lot better than some of the sets you've built today mm-hmm. then the ship lands and that's clearly a miniature but we won't talk about that because it still looks oh like God, that was horrendous <laughs> it reminded me of something from Thunderbirds oh god it was so bad that to be fair the like aside from when they're inside 
on on the planet. I don't even remember what the planet was called. But uh, when they're like inside on the planet, LV four two seven or something like that. Yeah, when they're inside there, like inside is cool, oh, it's but amazing. everything related to the outside is woeful. Yeah, fans of the franchise will know that you actually get a lot of backstory on that shape in some of the newer yeah, like, less good that, movies that's I mean. something I can, that's something I kind of want to come back to at the end about like the, how the mm-hmm. previous movies kind of impact and affect this one mm-hmm. but that that's see because you know and it's this movie's great because it doesn't really give you a lot of back it, it's a movie that feels like it has a lot of backstory but yet they don't tell you anything they just kind of exactly. give you a bit of a, they just go they give you a bit of information and you go from there so you just walk into a spaceship there's a big fucking skeleton and he's got like a face hugger on and and they don't fucking tell you why and you're just like moving on it's all it's a very alien Mm -hmm. planet and even that scene where John Hurt goes down and touches all the goo like it's just uh, the set design everything and even the suits the how the suits just the work and the little steam that popped out of them and like it was all Mm -hmm. very well done so good and you have like so in this crazy how this whole story kind of starts is they land on this uh planet and he goes in and he decides to be an idiot and touch all the stuff that he doesn't know and they have these kind of giant eggs that he decides he'll touch and it opens face pops out and goes through his helmet and they never even tell you how they find him I'd say they were like I forget his name what's his name again um John Hurt oh Kane they're like Kane Kane, you all right there, buddy? Hey, Kane. Hey, hey Dallas. Uh, Kane went down this hole. He had to come back. Should we? Should we? Because they don't tell you how much time's gone past. Do you know what I mean? No, um, they don't. So it's kind of like they can't be left there for thirty minutes while they were like, I don't know, fucking about upset. Because this isn't there a thing. There's actually a, oh, this is sidetracking slightly. But there was apparently in the script of this, it was never written into it that apparently they're all very like. Um, like they have sex all the time, but it doesn't mean anything to them because they have to way of passing uh. the time. So that was supposed, and it's something they bring back in Prometheus, I think, a bit more, where the uh. the the yeah, the, the crew members are always having sex all the time. I think there was something okay. about these two characters, but I also because the they, original I, cut was like three hours, so it's very I think, possible yeah, they cut it down. Yeah, I think they no, they did. They cut the, cut out a lot of the sex scenes. They're like, ah, they don't need them, and this movie doesn't like it's, it. Doesn't need it? Doesn't them. really need them. No, until that bit of the end where you'll know if. If, if you know it. Um, and yeah, because he's obviously just fucking about down there. And then there's that. that It's weird. That doesn't happen to like half an hour into the movie because I clicked into it. So the, to be fair, we should probably warn people that the start of this movie is very slow. But, it, I, 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 but it's not. It's it slow if you've never seen it and you yes. don't know what you're anticipating. Yeah. But if you if you have seen it and you know what's coming, it's good. It's atmospherically built and you can like get some information but i think i was reading somewhere it's like six minutes before anyone says anything oh yeah there's that like, makes sense. there's like a big scene of kind of just eerie sounds and typewriter noises and mother doing stuff before you you actually hear anything yeah because it's great because you don't know what's going on and like because no. for the whole movie you're still kind of trying to guess stuff and trying to understand and there's a few other curveballs that are thrown into it and you're just like, wait, what? This is part of this universe as well? And it, it, it's it's mad. So, like, I guess to hint at that in a way, so after uh, Kane's been attacked by that facehugger, they're bringing him back and, and and Ripley's like, what are we doing? We're like, we need to we need to go out and help and stuff. And, and then all of a sudden, um, the science officer, Ash, is just acting very strange and very cold to everything. And he's like, no, we need to bring him back. There's no point going out. Like, why would you go out? By the time you go out, they'll be on the way back. And 
you just get this sense that he's just well what he starts acting sketch and i wasn't sure i wasn't sure if that was because he's acting weird or sketch or if he, because he has a british accent which i just think is instantly suspicious in any movie where the dominant accent so, is american if you actually think about it cuz i don't know what accent mother has but it's not like p- pure american there are a lot of like kind of things online about how um xenophobic this movie is to british people because like one of his big oh. evil traits was that he was british like <laughs> is it? he was the british guy i saw this somewhere this might not be true so you might have to cut this out but you'll have to you'll have to fight john hurt not have a british accent in this no the only oh. british guy is but john here. hurt is british yeah, but they all had kind of weird American accents. To be honest, accents are something I struggle a lot with now. Yeah, because you are having living now. having lived in South Dublin, then going to Switzerland and California, your accents kind of all over the place. Yeah, my accent's a bit weird now. I don't know, but yes. So there is there is stuff about that. So they try and get him back anyway. So after they get him back into the ship against Ripley's kind of um, you know advice d- uh, advice or yeah, they eventually get him on the table and the face hugger kind of is attached to him and there's no getting him getting him off but I feel like I feel like the, he seems what ha- what's happening in the meantime of that because I feel like he's on that table for ages so people are like freaking out people are like freaking out being like what are we doing is he alive is he dead what should we do then you see the facehugger in all of its glory which for any of you that have never seen facehugger just type that into google have fun there um, and you have its creepy hands and it's like clawed around his head and they can't they can't remove it without like removing his skin so they like try and peel it off but it starts like taking yeah. his scalp off so they're like okay we gotta leave it and anytime they touch him it like tightens around his neck and yeah fun fun fact about the the face huggers they were actually supposed to be painted green but when the writer saw them in like this weird like flesh color from whatever materials they used he was like oh no like yeah let's keep that's kind of like keep it that flesh color but like obviously add a bit that's more way better to it and a yeah. bit more, which i thought was kind of interesting because it's weird and you know what i was thinking this to myself because you know the other way, all the all the advertising and stuff around Alien has that weird, like, green font. But nothing in this movie is green. No. And I just find that interesting. Well, I suppose the acid blood actually is probably the only thing. Oh, speaking of which, right. So, I think this perfectly segues. Okay. That perfectly segues to the acid blood. Because they try and remove it by chopping off one of the alien's fingers. And then you hear how horrendously well-prepared this alien is to just be a destruction machine. So that even... When you try and kill it, it will just destroy everything around it because its blood is not normal blood, but it's, to quote, a molecular acid. What is a molecular acid, first of all? And as a scientist, how did that sit? How did that sit? How did that sit with you? So I literally, I had notes that I was taking through the movie because I was like, I want to remember For those that don't have access to the Zoom, Alice is just shrugging and putting her hands up in the air. Yeah, I mean, I was like, molecular acid. I even Googled it. I was like, to be fair, I'm not an organic chemist, so maybe it's something... I was correct. It is not a real thing. I was like, what? Why not even be like, you could have said like, oh my God, his blood is a super acid. Yeah. That's legit. But no, they went molecular acid, which burns through the hulls of the ship. But somehow Dallas thinks he's going to stop it with a blanket. Yeah. And he runs after it with a blanket. And it's at this time you start to think, is Dallas the main person in this? He doesn't yeah, seem like, like the he's best. He's a bit of an idiot. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, well, apparently the, 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 from a writing point of view, why they picked, or not picked, why they chose Acid Blood, was like, I, I think the, the, the writer was asked, oh, why don't they just shoot, why don't they just shoot the alien? And then he could just be like, oh, Acid Blood, can't because of Acid Blood. Which is, which seems so simplistic, but like, 
it makes sense. Yeah, so then they are obviously stopped cutting through the alien. They're like, this is a terrible idea. And then, then what happens? I guess then they kind of come back later. Some yeah. stuff happens. The scientist guy starts being even more sketchy. Yeah. And even Ripley more tries British. To talk As to the movie gets on, he just, he, exactly. all of a sudden, more he's wearing British. a bowler hat. Then he has like a Union Jack mode. Cane. Yeah, he just slowly starts becoming more and more British. And there's a, one point where you just see him like singing the, uh, you know, the Great British, uh, the, the Great Britain National Anthem. Great British Bake like Off. That. The Great oh, British Bake Off. Oh, he's watching that in the background. You have to remember, this movie's tw- like 2000, like what, t- uh, 2021, like. 2127 or something like that so he could be on like whatever the space or future equivalent is at yeah. Netflix he could be watching some uh, you know Sandy exactly. I don't know whether I don't much think it was about Bake Off but he could be watching that actually sorry just to divert very quickly I love that in 1979 or 1977 whenever they, oh 1979 when this movie came out and they were thinking about the future and like all the possibilities and stuff like that. I just love how like the internet was just never thought of because they still have to transfer everything via disk. And like there's no Wi-Fi. There's nothing like you, uh, Dallas is talking to this supercomputer and there's about 50 kajillion lights everywhere that I have no idea what they do. But like, yeah, they all just kind of flash. I think they're just like, but do you like how he's like, what's the story, mother? I loved that. I was like, oh, Dallas is from North Dublin. It's fine. <laughs> What's the, what's the story, get, mother? Get, no, because no, it's not because he would have said ma. He would have said my. What's yeah. the story, ma? Exactly. You getting on? Uh, now, come here to me now. This is like, oh, by the way, I've done a few pod- like there's a few other podcasts uh, that were recorded before this, but haven't been released by the time we're recording this. And I just do horrendous Colin Farrell North Dublin accent, so this is continuing oh, the perfect. trend of me doing this. So he's like, come perfect. here to me there, mother. Uh, listen, there's uh, a weird after alien getting on this ship. If you wouldn't mind, always knows what to do there, pal. Yeah, cheers. They should just remake the Alien movie with oh, okay. North Dublin accents. I think that would be. You should, yeah. They should. Blast. No, do you know what they should do? They should remake the Alien movie with an Irish crew instead. Uh, I've done oh, this. I've done this in a national. And they can podcast. keep the evil British person even. Oh, it'd be perfect. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's what they should do. Uh, but yeah, I, I, so actually, just another thing I wanted to mention as well, just speaking about the future, in that it was kind of cool. I don't know if movies did it before, but I was kind of reading up. Uh, it's one of the things that Ridley Scott spoke about when he talked about the inspirations for the movie, and that he was like, he takes the space elements from Star Wars and 2001 A Space Odyssey and kind of combines them with the horror aspect of Texas Chainsaw. And you kinda, that kind of comes mm-hmm. across quite well in the movie. But it was weird because... Like, a lot of space stuff at the time, I think, was, like, your Star Wars and your Star Treks, where everything was, like, polished, and it was all these, like, nice ships. Shiny. That, yeah, shiny and stuff. Whereas, I think this was kind of interesting to see, like, the trucker side of the future, and that mm-hmm. it's, like, you know, this that kind of run-down ship that's kind of fixed with these two technicians that are, like, fuck off. I, I just enjoyed the whole, um, I can't, uh, just, I can't find the word for it, but just, like, the level of grime like yeah it's uh, like uh, rough and tough that's it yeah which i thought was interesting and then it's all it's contrasted so well with the slickness and the sleep like of of the of the xenomorph itself who is Mm -hmm. possibly i don't know he's one of the most moist villains i think you'll ever find (laughs) speaking of which what was with the weird like rain scene like where did all the rain come from within the spaceship i'd be super worried I was, I, how I logic that to myself was like there was a condenser above like to cool down some like I don't know like that was like torrential fuel. rainstorm yeah I don't know they, they wrote that and they were like oh <laughs> fuck he's still on the ship ah, I don't think it's something so he's the first one <laughs> like, that, I was actually, looking at that I was like no so he's the first one to die but I suppose actually no he's not the first one to die the first one to die is John Hurt and the scene that we kind of yes. hinted at earlier and the scene that's coming up so then yeah I guess you have crazy scientist guy British guy 
who gets real sketch and won't show anyone his data, which is number one warning sign of weird scientist. Always share your data, people. Um, so he won't share his data. And then he starts getting real sketch about Ripley. Like he starts getting quite, I guess, kind of aggressive towards her. Um, then they come back to the guy and suddenly the face hooker has gone and they're like, oh crap, we've lost an alien on the ship. And I'm pretty sure Ripley is like, I told you guys this was a bad yeah. idea. But they, they fucking, think that this they is the walk worst into of- the room. <laughs> like, there's an alien anywhere. They all just stroll in like, Jesus, as if they've lost a set of keys. Like, where the fuck did I leave that <laughs> now? She, like, there's no, like, there's no plan of action. They just walk in like, I fucking could have swore it was here somewhere. That actually reminds me, which is something we forgot to discuss, of their masks. Oh, so I think yeah. everyone in quarantine is very accustomed to wearing masks but in this movie they wear these see-through plastic masks that are connected to nothing it's and like they make a big deal of like you can take your mask off now and they like take off their mask that is not connected to anything and then they put their mask back on it's got molecular oxygen acid within it that like you know still so this stuff and things yeah exactly is it clear i have a degree in chemistry right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah Gary, I'm so glad I gave you all my notes. Thank you. That was real well spelled. But yeah, no, so that was also funny. But yeah, so they find the face hugger. Well, they're looking for the face hugger. Can't find this alien that they've led onto the ship. Damn, where did I leave my keys? Face hugger drops on Ripley, I think. She freaks out and they find it, but it's dead. So they're like, oh, all of our problems are grand. But this guy is still like dying. Yeah, but Ash is just like, ooh, touch it with the stick. Ooh, I want to see what it does. And he, like, yeah. I think, I, I don't know, you also say don't trust people who don't share data. Don't trust the guy who, you know, scoops up the organism and goes back to his lab unattended. It was just a bit creepy. <laughs> so, yeah, and who can't use a microscope either. That actually really annoyed me in the in the movie of like how he tried to like use his microscope. I was like, no. Um, oh yeah, big time. I definitely noticed that as well. Yeah, but I think one of the funniest things going on through this whole thing. So this is meant to be like building tension. Yeah. But you just have Parker, who's one of the technicians, being like, why don't we just freeze him? Just freeze him. <laughs> why aren't we just freezing him? And I think like, as you watch this movie, you're like, yeah, you know, Parker's right. Why don't you guys just freeze him? Then none of this would have happened. Yeah. There's so like, there's, yeah. there's so many instances of that. Like, just don't let them in. Just don't put your face over a big egg. Many steps that could be taken not to, uh, you know, um, cause the events of this movie. Yeah. Um, but then I, I, John Hurt's character, Kane, obviously gets up. He's all happy. There's Larry. He's eating some food. And... He starts let's just coughing. say, let's just say, let's just say something happens. COVID nineteen symptoms. It's not a bit of, it's not a, it's not indigestion. Tell you that much. Something a bit mm. worse. Not mm-hmm. the shits. Something it, a bit worse. It's probably a little bit worse. It just starts spluttering, and then suddenly there's some red on his chest. Have you seen Graham Norton try and reproduce this? Um, no. Sorry, I'm so glad you said this scene because I was like, no, I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen Graham Norton try to reproduce. But no, I ha- I haven't. No, you should you should l- watch this or link this on the Instagram okay, because right. Graham Norton it. has like a theory of how they managed this. Well, I know, I know, I know. Scene. I, I remember reading up that like the, his head and shoulders are like on the table, and then the rest of his body is like underneath, and then there's like a dummy mm-hmm. body, and then mm-hmm. the alien obviously bursts out of his chest. Uh, but I know they didn't tell the cast there was going to be as much blood as there was which is why a lot of them kind of free like the the, the reaction's actually quite genuine um, yeah it was so but, good that scene uh, oh like it's great like it it's great so this is where I think this movie for me 
the effects start to or the effects or the look of it start to like date in my opinion where like we mentioned yeah. the penis rat and <laughs> it's just I can't think of another word for it. it's just like it's really accurate or like is, a bald ferret it's, it's like it. it's a very stiff naked mole rat uh, from Kim Possible like it's just really stiff and erect yeah it is from Kim Possible but, and I only that say that I'm only using these words because he literally doesn't move it's got no motion <laughs> other than that it just pops no out like straight and then just slides across the desk but yeah and then it starts to I feel like it starts to just become a movie from 1979 from a from a from a you know a visual point of view in no terms of like the actual tension the music is great mm-hmm. the acting um, so then th- this is where it all becomes like a hunt as we mentioned that rain scene where Parker gets uh, eaten and or like whatever just uh, yeah it's like because Alien's got like a mouth within the mouth which I never really understand like, it just seems impr- it just so seems cool. impractical I don't understand it's like a they like open their four sets of teeth or however many sets and then like baby fist mouth comes out and just punches yeah so it like punches and eats at the same time but I don't think I and I think that's I don't know I, I so actually here's another here's a here's a shocking revelation well not a shocking revelation it's a, a it's a admission of um, guilt in that I have not seen any other of the original aliens after this so I haven't seen any I know I, I'm this legit I, I have no excuse for this one I don't know why I haven't seen any of the other ones um, my friend Keen is like a massive alien fan and like he he will defend all of them he will defend alien v predators he'll defend I like the alien v predators I just don't like Prometheus that's where I draw the line um, yeah I, I want to talk about it a bit later but like so yeah so like I think maybe the the the, the, the attack methods come a bit more um, dynamic Retro. maybe I think yeah Oh no! I think I think this one is maybe very much like it's limited in what they can achieve. Yeah. On set, but I think maybe in the, like I know Alien vs Predator, he's like throwing fists and flailing about mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, and then they they start uh, the alien starts kind of like picking them off one by one, and and they, this is where it's kind of like this classic Slashing. movie of like yeah, it's like there it's the serial killer kind of coming around taking them off one by one, and kind of what's yeah like I said earlier like Sigourney Weaver's uh, Ripley is like the only one who's like is kind of calling any sense and it's just that class I'm like it's just like why did well, just listen to the woman she's talking so much sense and nobody is doing anything about it I mean I think that sums it up if you just had listened to the woman it would have been fine yeah. it would have been fine but I do like so anyway bad guy science guy turns out to be even worse guy science guy this is in my opinion if it's the one we're thinking if we want to talk about scariest scariest <coughs> scariest scene of the movie in my opinion Weirdest. So it starts with the weirdest scene in the movie where he approaches Ripley and has the most imaginative way of trying to suffocate someone of rolling a magazine into like something that you would hit a fly with yeah. and shoving it down her throat. And I was just like, what's happening here? Yeah, because what happens is Ripley, uh, Dallas is killed in the vents, like I mentioned earlier, by death of jazz hands. And he then... So Ripley becomes uh, number one in command then. So she then goes into the mother machine and like gets the top secret mission. Like what? what's the purpose of this mission? Why are we doing it? And then mother reveals that she's there to bring home the uh, alien sample um, uh, at the expense of the crew. As in like that's mm-hmm. the top priority. Sco- uh, the crew are expendable. Uh, and the science officer Ash knows this. And Ripley then goes to try and warn the rest of the team that like look... Uh, Ash is obviously trying to just fucking like make sure that the aliens survives and not us and then he tries to stop her and yeah tries to shove like it doesn't it looks so strange I did I, I thought there might have been something else because you realise that he has quite super strength as he well he's super and you're like, strong like but, she like, can't get him off snap her neck that's what I was like I was like just go like for the jugular like 
Go look but here. I was trying to think, is it trying to, like, was he trying to frame it as it was something else? But I'm like... What, well, like, what else is going to be? That's the only thing I could think of, because why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, guys, here, guys, uh, look, I'm so sorry. I know there's an alien going around, but fucking Ripley got fucking hungry. She tried to eat a fucking rolled up uh, Time magazine and... I don't, she's not going to make it, guys. I'm so sorry. But look, let's keep so looking funny. for that alien. Everyone go without guns, please and thank you. Yeah. So he's in the middle of trying to suffocate her in the most bizarre way possible. And then the guys appear and one of them hits Ash, the science officer, who just starts losing his shit. Flailing, flailing about. Flailing like, about, like full-blown circle spinning against the wall psychosis. And then something happens and basically his head falls off. It doesn't fall off so much as it like it's like uh, it, it's it, it's it's uh, it's nearly headless. <laughs> it's like it's it's like like Billy Connolly in that first Harry Potter movie. His head is just like when he pulls his head to the side, it's like it'll hanging off him like that. Mm-hmm. And there's cables flying out. There's like milk sputtering. Milk, it's not milk but it just looks like milk. milk so fun food. fact, fun okay. fact, it was milk. It was milk, it was, oh, caviar, was. pasta, and marbles. Caviar. Yeah. That was, what I think, the for, like... What fucking prop guy that's was like, actually, I'm, I'm actually going to need some... That's the 11 million budget. I'm, yeah, it's good, guys. I'm actually going to need some caviar for this bit. Don't ask questions. Uh, Bill, I was looking to look at the uh, the scene there. What did you use the caviar for? Oh, funny you mentioned it. It was... Uh, I couldn't use it. It was just... Couldn't, I, so where is it? Uh, uh, we... Uh, yeah, I had it. Um, that's why I also required some uh, some brown bread and like, whatever. I yeah, know. exactly. That's what he did with his sourdough that he stayed up till 2 a.m. making. Yeah. Okay. Out. Yeah. Not only is it not, not only is Alice got up early to record this podcast, she was up until the late hours uh, baking some sourdough. Hashtag millennial lifestyle. Hashtag millennial but yeah, so he explodes, and the milk, which looks pretty filthy, if you actually like yeah. look at what's happening, it's pretty sexual. It looks all like unpasteurized his... milk. Mm-hmm. It all spurts out, uh, and he like collapses and dies, or dies, and then you realize he's a robot, and you're like, oh god, classic British guy. Yeah, but uh, that's the weird part where it's like, robots aren't talked about in this universe. They don't mention that at all. And then all of a sudden there's a robot. No one, and then I think what's, what what do they call him again? They call him a synth? No, that's Blade Runner. What do they call him again? They call him a robot? They call him a robot, I think. Or Uh, or AI or something. I can't remember. They call him something. But yeah, and then you're just like, wait, there's fucking robots in this fucking thing now? So it's all very like... Well, I mean, we have Mother. You have Mother. Yeah, but like, we don't have like a, you know... You don't have like AI, kind of. yeah. Um, so then they, they, they kill him, they chop his wires off, but then they reanimate him in possibly the worst visual effects. Like, it's bad because it's, it's trying bad. to be good and it's not good. So, bad. so they like, they get the character's head, they get uh, Ash's robot head and they put it on the table and it's clearly like a mannequin head with like milk on it and they try and fidget it and wobble around and they're like trying to put it in place and then there's like a really hard cut. They don't cut away and cut back. In the <laughs> same shot, all of a sudden it's Ian Holmes' head clearly underneath, he's underneath the table. His head is just on top of the table covered in gooey milk and it's just like, hello, I'm alive. Like, and they, try, they, they, they turn him back on again and to try and get like... It's like if you've ever been to uh, interactive like illusion museum yeah like world of wonder kind of stuff where you put your head through the table and you have all the fruits and you become the dinner serving or whatever that's it was in, uh, that's in Edinburgh isn't it that's yeah, the, the camera obscure in Edinburgh yeah that's what it is 
Um, yeah. But yeah, it's honest. And this is where I was like, this is the, the I know I said earlier, but like this is where I was like, oh, this is bad. This is, they ran out of money for the, They built a big space jockey, uh, like skeleton guy, and then had no money for like practical set stuff after this. Uh, and then it becomes a countdown of them, them trying to, they're trying to escape the ship then. Ripley's like, right, we need to get the fuck out of here. And because they, they, they realise they're not going to be able to kill the aliens. So Parker, Lambert, go get supplies. Uh, Ripley goes to blow up detonate the ship, yeah to like detonate. start yeah. start the the countdown sequence for detonation and um, but parker and lambert are obstructed yes in a very weird way too there's some like weird cinemography there yeah like particularly the the alien tentacle through the legs part yeah. i was like i don't really know what's happening here this is now becoming this is i'm sure where hr geiger came in and was like you know i was what? just about to, to say <laughs> we need to make this sexual it's just like look you can use the alien but only if it goes between the legs <laughs> yeah because so if you go to his i strongly recommend everyone that ever visits switzerland to go to his museum but if you go count how many penises you see because it's okay. insane the guy is obsessed with sex there's so many penises and alien vaginas all over the shop. So I do feel like that was very strongly H.R. Geiger. And that comes back in the fourth one, doesn't it? In that they have a human hybrid alien. But I think in some of the in some of the uh, concept art, he drew in like the genitalia and stuff like that on them. And yeah, yeah. Anyway. But so yeah, funny. so Parker and Lambert, not too successful. And Ripley sets the thing for self-destruct. And what I really enjoyed about this movie, not really enjoyed, but what I thought was a great addition to this was that she misses the countdown. As in, like, not, not that she dies, but she's only given, let's say, five minutes to, to let's say, turn it off, and then the, and then it begins. But she misses that countdown. And I and I thought that was great, because, you know, you'd expect from these types of movies that, oh, no, she'll stop it in the last minute, but she doesn't. And then she's fucked, and she has to kind of think on the spot. But back. also, on this, this is, like, a plot thing that I didn't like. How does the alien understand what's happening? Because the rest of this movie, the alien definitely is understanding all the warning signs and reacting. Yeah. So... That is something where I was like, I don't like this part because he shouldn't have known oh, to get what the was going ship. on. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's fair, yeah. You, or like what like what was happening? Because I think yeah, it was like some weird decoy. Like they were detonating the ship, but they were only pretending to like scare the alien and then she was going to not detonate the ship. I was like, yeah, what's happening I, here? I, yeah, that, yeah that, for me, that's where I was just kind of like, wait, what? So just don't think too hard on that. Yeah, definitely. I'm just like, alien i'm just like just think of the tentacle between the legs and yeah. what happens then is ripley then gets on the escape pod and with the cat with the we cat. talk about the cat we didn't talk about the cat, the cat is also a weird thing throughout this movie because firstly Jones i don't cat. understand why there's jonesy the cat to begin with then she kind of sacrifices jonesy the cat you think at one point where she like leaves the cage is it jonesy or jones i don't know Jones. It Jones. Anyway, Maybe anyway, it's Jones. Yeah. It's not. It's not in the. I just don't want. I just don't want any more letters because we. I just in case we get more hate mail. That's all. I just okay. Sure so we, we can do. Right. We all. can do Jones slash J. Let's call him J the cat. J the cat. Let's just call him. Let's just call him the cat. Let's just call him the cat. Okay. So the yeah. cat, who shall remain nameless, but it uh, could be for privacy, for privacy, um, yeah, remains GDPR. nameless. Yeah, exactly. We haven't requested. Can we use his name? Yeah. Uh, not that we have done that with any of the actors or characters mentioned throughout this film. Yeah. Um, but, so, the cat is there from the start. So when everyone's in hypersleep, we don't know where this cat is. But suddenly it appears. Then it, like, becomes kind of central with the alien throughout the movie. Because somehow 
it knows when the alien is coming and the alien doesn't yeah. want to kill the cat. Yeah. Because the, the cat, there's that scene where he kills um, the technician. Everybody else. Parker, but it's actually the other character's name. Um, Kane. Brett. Um, oh, no, he Brett. kills Brett and the cat is oh, just yeah. looking there like a serial killer. Just looking at this massacre happening. Just like, because cats, like, cats are evil and we all yeah. know this. And, so maybe and, that's like, why they got on with the alien. Maybe the cat is the alien. Maybe that's the real monster of the movie. So I did, uh, when I first watched this, I remember thinking that the alien had somehow gone inside the cat. Okay. Like at the but end. Like a, like, I remember that like, being my... Oh. Okay. Because you kind of think that, but then no. Yeah, because the cat and, uh, and uh, Ripley are on the escape pod. They're, they think they're getting away. And then the alien becomes a fucking idiot, in my opinion. <laughs> he just curls up in some wires. like, yeah, I'm just going to sleep here. And then Ripley's <laughs> clanging about, getting changed into what looks like the most impractical underwear I've ever seen in I, my life. I wrote this down too. <laughs> I was like, what is this? And why didn't she pull it up? If I knew I was being recorded on a movie that would last for the rest of my life, I would definitely not have a builder's crack. It was like such weird butt crack to be in a movie. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Maybe I just, yeah, so I don't understand where, where the set does, uh, the costume design is. But anyway, she's fucking clanging about, like, she's doing clanging a whole fucking about. thing. And then the alien just goes, oh, wait, what's that? Like, looks over his shoulder, like, what's that? What's going on? Oh, this what, is where uh, puppy, he puppy really nothing. is evidently a six foot ten Nigerian man. Oh, this is, yeah, yeah, this is where, like, you, this is for me, I was like, yeah, no, it's a man in a suit. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I was just like, what is, because his, like, hand, like, you I remember thinking, I was like, is he dying? Like, why is he suddenly becoming yeah. really shit? Yeah. Is he dying? But then he's not dying because he just looked like he was kind of taking a power nap and she woke him up and he was a bit disorientated from his power nap. Because um, then she proceeds to try and kill him. Yeah. Which is uh, like she, she puts on this like space suit then, which is gas. I kind of like that because, you know... In these sort of movies based in the future, you, there's always like a super advanced spacesuit or like like you say, like a small little mask with just perspex. But I kind of like that she put on like a, what would nearly be like Full. a 200 year old spacesuit. Like, I know, like, I just thought that was kind of cool. And puts yeah. it on, press the like eject, which is a button. Yeah, like this, like it opens the door. The alien then goes out like the door is holding on by the edges and then she shoots like a harpoon at him. She shoots um, a harpoon and no acid blood goes anywhere. Oh, no, t- in, in, in space. No molecular acid. No molecular acid. Exactly. Yeah, maybe that's it. Two things you need to know about space. One, no one can hear you scream. Two, no molecular acid can spurt out. Yeah. So then she closes the door and somehow the like rope of the harpoon, which for some reason, why are you shooting him with something that has a rope, first of all? It gets stuck well, in she, the door. she was thinking on her feet. She was thinking on her feet. She was but thinking what, on her feet. We'll give her that. What, why would an airlock have room for a rope? Like, it doesn't make sense. And like, shouldn't. when it's fully closed. That's not a lock. There's no airlock there. And then for some reason, he somehow, like, swings into, like, the jet. He the climbs jet into the jets. Oh, that's it. And Sorry. He climbs in for some unknown reason. So, flailing six foot ten guy outside in very bizarre CGI kind of attempts, um, climbs into the jet area, and then she ignites the jet propulsion. Yeah. And he dies pretty horrifically. Yeah. Because he kind of gets burnt in the jet, but actually all it does is melt the rope. And then he just kind of drifts off into space. Yeah. And yeah, like, it looks awful. It does not look good. It, it just, it looks very... It's I, the worst scene. It's the no, worst I, scene. No, I think, I still think Milkhead is the worst when he's on the table. Milkhead is by... Because they were or trying to make that look hairless good Hairless penis. Oh, actually, Joe, this is, yeah, that's going to be a good thing. We, we should put it to the listeners. What's the worst? Is you it, have if a they've poll. seen it. Is it penis rat? Is it milkhead? Or is it, um, 
fried xenomorph. Fried, fried xenomorph. xenomorph with the side of penis rat. Uh, uh, well, then there is another bad effect after this, but I don't think it's... I think it's just... I wouldn't put it up with, the, with these because it's trying... You know the bit when the ship explodes or self-destructs and it's just this weird purple light? It, it, oh, the supernova yeah, kind of thing. it looks shite. It looks like what happens when you close your eyes and push your hands up against it and you see kind of like <laughs> lights. Like, that's what I feel like they were going for. It does look like that. Yeah, it just that's. Looks- that's an interactive part for the listeners. Yeah, there you so go. what you do is close your eyes, put your hands up against it, and you've just seen the final act of Alien the movie. Alien. But that's Alien the movie. I have some more facts I can quickly run through if you like. Uh, yeah, which is apparently fact attacks. Uh, some fact attacks for you now. So, so to keep the uh, weird sex theme uh, going on about this movie, um, just for the jaw of the xenomorph, they use these like shredded condoms. Also, just to get some nice. of that goo on top of the alien whatever they use this like ky jelly stuff and um, what else oh in the egg chamber um the blue lights that are on all of the eggs they borrowed that or yeah they borrowed it from the who who used it for the uh their like their gigs and stuff or like the weird like light shows and stuff from a gig so interjecting on your fact attack Go for because it. you're talking about the egg chamber the alien in the egg is the director's hand Oh, it's like a gloved hand shadow. And didn't they shoot it where the camera was underneath the egg and the, yeah. the, he pushed it down to kind of make it look like yeah. it was coming up at him? Um, see, I, I, I know some things. Um, also, the Teamwork Zena, fact the, attacks. The Zena, uh, what, what would we call it? Uh, it's like a... It's like a um, yeah, it's a, it's a combo. It's like a... Yeah, it's a combo fact attack. Uh, then you've also got the Xenomorph only had four minutes of screen time in the entire movie and didn't make his first appearance until an hour into it. What? Yeah, when you think about it. Like in its full Jesus. proper form. And I have two more things that are interesting because I love Yafford Kodo because he's great. Actually, another side note. Uh, I was reading Roger Moore's bio- uh, diary of Live and Let Die. Mm-hmm. It was the first James Bond film he wrote, uh, starred in. And he honestly says nothing but good things about Yafford Kodo, which is, uh, he's like my new, like, I, I was so happy to see him in this and do such a good job. But apparently uh, he was told by Ridley Scott to annoy Sigourney Weaver off screen. Uh, so that it, the characters would have like a lot more tension about it and it says here that apparently he regrets it because he really likes Sigourney Weaver and she doesn't like him very much now because he annoyed her so much on <laughs> set and finally so speak, speaking of um, Sigourney Weaver then as well it ultimately came down to apparently this role was came down to Sigourney Weaver and Meryl Streep the two actresses had been in Yale, had been friends together at Yale's but ultimately Weaver was offered the role because Streep was uh, mourning the death of her partner John Cazal at the time of casting. So there you go. Also, follow up fun fact on that. Oh. Ripley was originally cast genderless. It oh, was neither a man yes. or a woman. It was just a, a character, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, and I think... Days of age. And I think, yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting because like this is probably, I don't know if it's the first, but it's one of the most well-known female action heroes because there's not many mm-hmm. of them and like they, they, they're kind of few and far between but I think from this, she is like, it's nearly like a... It's nearly like a John McClane in the sense of like, it's just someone who's competent at their job and they get put in a situation, they have to think on their feet and they come out yeah. the hero of the day. And I think, she, I, I think it's a very well-written character. She makes, it's not like she's, you know, like irrational and comes to decisions. She's like, everything is methodical, buy the book, get it done. And people around her are just mm-hmm. idiots, which is a trait yeah. of a horror, good horror movie. Yeah, I think so. I mean, all the stupid people die and the intelligent woman survives. Exactly. Which I think, I think one of the best lines, and it's kind of a good way to end, actually, if you want to, is her, I got you, you yeah. son of a bitch. I love that bit. Right. Last thing I want to uh, talk about before we finish up is, we mentioned it a bit earlier, 
the prequels to this movie, Prometheus, Alien Covenant, used why what do they what do they take away and what do they add to this movie, do you think? So honestly, right, let me think. Because I haven't watched Prometheus I watched it when it came out, like in the cinema, and I just remember being really annoyed, but also I kind of like it. Yeah. I think I was just like an original alien lover of the fact that the special effects aren't that good, but they're still there. Yeah. And I think it got very like CGI. I think that was my big thing. I don't like when movies go OTT on CGI. Yeah, like I, I, I like I like that he was trying to add some more to the lore. I just think he tried to mm-hmm. add way too much to the lore. As in like I feel like to have to have And it got very sexual. It got very sexual. <laughs> it got very sexual. And like this movie is pretty sexual. Yeah, well, weird it's weird to think. I wonder way. if I wonder if Geiger was in any way involved with Prometheus. Maybe Ridley Scott and Geiger are just some weird fucking sex addicts, and they just Maybe. came together and made the perfect horror space movie, horror sex movie. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, we want to make this weird alien porn," but we're no way, it, me so too. Gonna... I've got the drawings for the idea. <laughs> you can actually also watch this on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, no, it's uh, yeah. I, I mean, so. Was it Prometheus was the last one where she becomes, like, the alien queen? Um, no, that's that's Alien Resurrection. Prometheus is the one where they find, the, uh, where they re- understand the origins of the ship and stuff. That's a pretty cool one, I think. I'm pretty sure I it's like the that. One with that's where they're, Elbert. like, on the island. Yes, I love him. So I think I actually liked that just because he was in it. But I didn't like it from a lore perspective. I don't know. I kind of liked the Mysteria. Yeah. Mystery. Around the, like, the bodies... I, 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 to be fair, I do think they linked it well. Like, I do think they tried. But I think that's what killed the movie a bit, because they had a lot of restraint in how things had to end. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's 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 my thing, in that they just, they in my opinion, they just tried to add too much. And, like, obviously mm. then you realise that the aliens... Sorry, from the... Coven, uh, spoilers for those other shite movies, in my opinion. And is that, like, you realise... Uh, no, Prometheus is all right. Alien Covenant's trash. Uh, but, yeah, but you realise Michael Fassbender, who's a, another robot thing, is basically is the person, or the replica, or whatever the fuck they're called, is the thing that creates the aliens in the universe and engineers them to be these killers. And you're just like, how does he do that? Why does he do that? How does it end up here? There's just too many questions he's about so good looking. He's, uh, he's yeah, just he's... so good looking. That's how he does it. Okay. He, he just is. stares at them and they grow. <laughs> <laughs> like a little penis rat. <laughs> exactly. He, he harvests all the little penis rats and incubates them and they yeah. grow into magical aliens. But yeah, no, I mean, they're not bad. I just think this one, it was like the first of its kind. It was such a, a new type of horror. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, it's not even like, it's not always, you don't see people die. That's, I think, the interesting yeah. part of this. You don't ever see the gore, really. Apart from the, the one chest-busting scene, there's not so much gore. It's really built off suspense and, mm. you know, the weird music or ticking noises in the background. It's a new type of yeah. movie, I think, at that time, which I imagine in 79. Yeah. It's pretty pretty radical. Yeah, like, it had that tagline I mentioned earlier, that in space no one can hear you scream, and I think that got a lot of people's attention to be like, wait, what? Because I, I don't know, I don't think there had ever been maybe something, maybe there was an episode of Doctor Who or something that was similar to it, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's yeah, it's definitely, it's, it paved the way for a lot of kind of more sci-fi horror movies. Um, to mm-hmm. kind of, and also like female-led action here, like movies and stuff. Like, like they went on to make another three of these. So clearly, they were well, well, that, they were well received to a regard. But they also made money. Um, so yeah, 
that was good. But then, like, I suppose you also think that, like, these ones are all about the humans in a way. It, like, this movie is, like, you kind of pr- primarily focus on the humans. And they're kind of the stars, the Scorny Weavers, the Tom Skerritt as Dallas, who apparently is a big thing that I don't know. And then you look at, like, the Alien v. Predator movies where... It's kind of all about the the monsters or whatever, and nothing. Mm-hmm. The humans are just there to be like, you know, shredded they're just, to pieces. They're just like tributes, like oh, that's casual human murder. Ah, bye. But important note: the cat survives. For all of the listeners out there worried about the fate of the cat. Oh, the cat does survive. Yeah, the cat who shall remain nameless survives. J J the cat survives. J dot the cat. Doctor J dot the cat. It probably was given an honorary doctorate. <laughs> oh, I so hope I can get one of those. Um, it's your only hope, Gary. My so. only hope. My only hope. Uh, well, like, look, I think I think that's a good place to leave it, Alice. I think um, I think we've kind of you know given our thoughts on on the Alien mm-hmm. movie, but also like some of the other surrounding ones. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for a few things one thanks for coming on thanks for you know getting very little sleep and still coming on and thanks for doing it at the early hours of the morning that you have done this yep I'm such a good friend and for listeners that don't believe you or me it is rated 98% on Rotten Tomatoes oh, as a movie it? oh wow well, okay. so there you go I feel like even if you don't trust us and our ramblings you can trust Rotten Tomatoes exactly very true so like look if you haven't haven't seen it, definitely go out and watch it. Um, even though the bits that we might have discussed that are slightly spoilery, I think you'll still enjoy it. Um, so thanks again for listening. Thanks again for Alice for coming on. If you want to know where more uh, episodes... Dr. Alice. Dr. Uh, Alice. When, <laughs> when... It's hard to say. <laughs> so thank you very much for... Dr. Alice. Apologies for coming on. And if you want to know when new episodes are coming out, you can follow us at, at Reading and the Peers on Instagram, or you can like and follow and whatever, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. And thanks very much again for listening. We really hope you enjoyed. Goodbye. I got you, you son of a bitch.